Hey, movie fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Uncharted Media Podcast. This is episode 84, a fun concept that I had while watching a movie. I can't tell you what movie because it would give away an answer for later, but it got me thinking. We know kind of in the world of the MCU what characters are worthy, characters that can lift Mjolnir, Thor's hammer. We are finally blessed to have the wonderful opportunity of seeing Captain America wield the hammer. We're going to extend that world of possibility and what if to the rest of the wor- world of film and ask the question, what movie characters do we think could theoretically be worthy of lifting the almighty Thor's hammer? So that's our discussion today, and I'm really excited. Uh, Josh, how you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm all right, man. Uh, a little groggy, uh, but just s- still <laughs> uh, getting used to this new work schedule. So, but uh, yeah, man, I'm good. How, how about you? How, how are you doing, man? Um, fine. Same old, same old. Uh, watching yeah. stuff, trying to get entertained. Uh, today, I spent my day transferring all my Google Play music to YouTube music. Yay. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, Google Play Music is not going to be a thing by the end of the year. They announced like a couple days ago. So they're like, well, better start transferring all your stuff over to YouTube Music now. I'm like, I don't want to, but okay. <laughs> so, that's that's not fun. I had nothing else. It was just like, okay, patch up the holes in my music library of going, oh, I guess I didn't have enough aha in my life. <laughs> So normally I would complain, but I'm just like, wait, this looks like an activity that could take up most of my day today. Cool. (laughs) It's kind of sad. I mean, I I don't know about how things have been for you, uh, but on my end, uh, things have relatively gone back to normal, which is kind of weird. We're starting Um, to where I'm at, um, like we're stores are slowly starting to open. It's just that a lot of jobs are still not with that yet. Like, uh, my job, I'll still be out for a little bit, but I have no doubt that I'll be back. It's just a matter of I, before this whole thing happened, I was in a job that we relied on sports. So I think I can go back to work once sports comes back, whenever that is. Um, the problem is I'm in the Florida area. Things are starting to get back to normal for us. And then we see on our radar, hey, guys, hurricane season starts this week. And I'm just going, oh, gosh, dang it. Oh, no. That is definitely something I will not miss about being in, in Tennessee or, or being in, in Away in from Texas, yeah. Yeah. Because that was the running joke of if the hurricane doesn't hit me, it hits you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, we're, there's a running joke between all of us Floridians of just like, yep, we've reached level five of Jumanji. I don't know how many there are, but somebody needs to win already, please. <laughs> I think my favorite um, meme this week so far has been uh, with how 2020 is going. I don't know if that's Thunder or if Godzilla's appeared. Yep, I've seen that. I'm like, that's, no. yeah. Fine, or- that's our life right now. Was it you or Joe Brunker that shared the great meme of just like, first we had murder hornets, and now Chicago sees Nazi hornets? Oh, I uh, posted, uh, I think both of us did, because I think I got it from him. It's uh, Nazi tarantulas. Yeah, I'm just like, 
yeah. Only a little terrifying. Uh, what you watching in this time of no time? <laughs> I, uh, this was actually a Star Wars kind of week. Um, I finished up those, the last like four episodes of Clone Wars, which I would love to talk to you today about just to kind of maybe some in-depth stuff. Cause I, I don't think you and I have really gotten a chance to really talk about it and how awesome they are. Um, I restarted Rebels because of how Clone Wars ends. Um, my young, youngest brother, Luke, and I was watching it with me. Well, now we got to watch Rebels. And I was like, yeah, oh no. I don't know what to do with that information. Did you finish so, Rebels that first time? I never did. I think uh, the farthest I've gotten is maybe season three. I okay, think. so you don't know like the... All like the end games for everybody involved, more or less. Yeah, I the last thing I like remember remember involved uh, uh like the last shot was Ahsoka against Vader in a temple, and the temple was collapsing. Yep, that's the season two finale. Okay, wow. Okay, well, yeah. So I'm super behind. Well, there's um, only like four seasons. Yeah, fair. Uh, uh, and I will say though, about- after I watched the Clone Wars finale. The literally the next thing I did was watch that season two finale of Rebels again, just yeah, to see how it ended that saga. It did, uh, and that's part of the reason why I want to. Uh, funny enough, uh, Luke had my youngest brother had never seen episodes two and three. So like he wa- of any of the shows or like the movies, the, the movies. Weirdly, we don't know how this happened, but so he sees he's watching me up the events of Clone Wars and his mind's like being blown. But like I'm over here, my mind's being blown more because I've seen the film. <laughs> how has he not seen two and three? Granted, those are know. some of the weaker Star Wars movies, but still, and still. So we ended up watching them. And we, as like the last 30, 45 minutes of, uh, uh, of three is happening. He's like, he's like sitting there, keep glancing at me. And he's like, it's, it's, it's all happening at the same time. I was like, that's why I'm, my mind is blown. Yeah. Cause we can dip into it now. I haven't really watched too much recently. It's, I was under the impression the last couple episodes of Clone Wars would be the events leading up to Revenge of the Sith, not, this is happening during Revenge of the Sith. I thought that yeah. was a really cool twist. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also wasn't, uh, I guess, yeah, if you guys haven't seen the last season of Clone Wars, A, what are you waiting for? B, hurry up and uh, I get you put time codes on these, on these, right? No. Okay, cool. I put so time just, codes uh, on it for my reference of like when I'm editing where to, the next topic is but okay well we're gonna have some spoiler talk about clone wars because nathan and i for some reason don't talk to each other <laughs> unless it's on the podcast because <laughs> um, you're typically working and i want to i want to leave you to working fair also um little side note i think i might have found a place to get back into the swing of things thing wise so Ooh. i'm pretty excited about that um I just, that randomly popped in my head and I needed to communicate that to you. So, um, but yeah, like the, the fact that everything's happening at the same time as episode three, uh, 
uh, in so- some ways elevated what the what Maul and Ahsoka are feeling. I'm not gonna lie; those last couple episodes, I know everyone like was raving about Ahsoka because that's like everyone's favorite character now. I thought the real MVP was Maul. Dude, when they capture him and he's like, no, let me die. I was like, no, Maul. Not only that, but just like, I wanted Anakin here so I could kill him because he's going to be the destruction of everything. And Ahsoka's like, you just want the throne. He's like, no, that's just an added perk. I'm trying to save everything. Yes. And, you know, uh, high key, one of my favorite bits of star wars up to like this point had been that scene in rogue one with darth vader when you know in the dark and his lightsaber goes out goes out and he starts starts throwing everybody right at the end um i think my favorite star wars moment now is when ahsoka sets him free and he wrecks havoc on that star cruiser i appreciate that they never gave him a lightsaber Yes. Like I kind of figured at some point he's just like, all right, I've broken free. I've got this hallway done. I'm going to go get my lightsaber back. He never does that because Maul is just that much of a beast. Well, and I think I didn't really like how heavy Clone Wars was going to go because they had opportunities in episodes leading up to this to do stuff that was really gruesome or allude to things that was really gruesome. And they never quite pulled the trigger. And then all of a sudden you get that final episode of Clone Wars and he throws a piece of metal from off the wall and chops two guys' heads off. Yep. And, oh, like it just, he he is, I would agree, he's the real MVP. Granted, I think seeing this now makes me really excited and hopeful for what we're going to see in Mandalorian if Ahsoka truly is in it. And there's um, rumors that she the reason she's going to be a Mandalorian is it's like testing the waters for a potential Ahsoka spinoff series. Okay, I'm done with that. I am, especially after this, after watching these last episodes. Yeah, I'd be much more interested. Um, again, I'm still to this day mad that as much as I love Rebels, that we wasted the death of Darth Maul on Rebels and not an Obi-Wan movie or series. See, but like... In all fairness, it was never like a thing that they were sure about. So I can see the benefit for Dave um, to to tell, make sure that he can tell this story properly now, like in Rebels. And from everything that I've seen, which is not much, but from everything that I've seen, while it is a short battle, it does like tie up those knots. Actually, yeah, so some people hated the fact that it's so short, but um, I have new appreciation for it because Dave Filoni in the like the behind the scenes for Mandalorian talked about why that scene is so important for the greater Star Wars universe. And watching it, I was just like, oh, wow, I never even realized all these little details that went into what is a really short fight on paper. So I haven't, I'm, I'm still working my way into gallery. I've seen most of the first episode, but... I think my mom was doing some dishes and I was annoyed because I couldn't hear anything and I didn't feel like cranking the volume. Um, what What's the co- whole conversation that Dave had about that scene? Uh, do you want to know the spoilers for the death of Maul in this context? I've, I have seen scenes. Okay, so um, uh, breaking it down, the whole fight between Obi-Wan and Darth Maul 
is like only three or four moves long. It is done in no joke, like three seconds. But in those three seconds of actual combat, there's a lot of incredible storytelling. So Maul ignites his lightsaber first, which is always a sign of aggression. Of In Star Wars, never be the one to ignite your lightsaber first. That's more or less the thing the enemies do. The bad guys always ignite their lightsabers first. And Obi-Wan, in response, ignites his lightsaber and gets in battle-ready position. The same pose that he strikes when he's about to fight Grievous, like the arm out and the peace sign, whatever. And then Maul counters it by doing a different pose before they even start swinging of like, okay, you're attacking me with this approach like an actual like samurai would of like, you're using this technique. All right, I'll use this technique to counter you. Maul changes up his position. But then in that moment, Obi-Wan shifts from his fighting position to the position of the lightsaber next to his head like Qui-Gon Jinn did in the Duel of the Fates. So from a personal and from a character standpoint, he's going from an attack, I must kill Maul position to a defensive, I am now in the same place as my mentor. I am not here for vengeance. I am here for defense and protecting Luke Skywalker. I have gotten past the pain that you've caused me because you killed my mentor to I don't see you as a threat anymore. I'm here to just defend my mission. So... Maul goes to attack him, and Maul actually tries to kill Obi-Wan using the exact same method that he killed Qui-Gon with, with, like, lifting up his arms and trying to stab him. But because Obi-Wan has paid attention and is that in tune with the Force, he knew that trick was coming and immediately cuts Maul's lightsaber in half and kills Maul in the process. So it's, like, short, but it's this man that doesn't need grandiose and big movements to win a fight because he's that in tune with the Force, but also... He's studied, he's at peace, he's calm, as opposed to Maul who's gone into the fight with the wrong intentions and the wrong attitude of, I need vengeance and revenge and death. Whereas Obi-Wan's like, I have moved past the pain and suffering that you've caused me. I am at peace. I am now guarding a different mission that brings balance to the Force. And Maul's like, in that moment when Maul's dying, Walker is to the galaxy and he's realizing that he's protecting the thing that'll bring balance to the Force. Hmm. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it's all this little detail that I never even would have noticed in basically like 15 seconds. I mean, granted, <laughs> I want to sit here and be like, Dave Filoni, you're such a nerd. How you know, blah, 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 blah. But like at the same moment, it's like that's super cool that you put that much thought into something so in, in a lot so important, but also so short. Yeah, like, it's not one of those big over-the-top fights because realistically, for anybody that knows, real fights don't last that long. All it takes is one good hit and the person's down. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, oh, okay, so real quick, since we're ta- kind of talking about this era of Star Wars, um, I needed to say something about Episode 2, uh, Clone Wars, because... I haven't seen it, jeez, maybe since if if we watched it in college, maybe. I, I don't know if we ever did, but uh, it's been a long time is my point. Um, and I guess my view of cinema has changed quite a bit, and my appreciation for actors has changed quite a bit. Ewan McGregor. He's fantastic. But I need to give a shout out 
whether and I'm st- I still am not sure if it's on purpose, but Hayden Christensen's performance is the most spot on annoying, arrogant teenager that I think I've ever seen. And I think that's why it it makes a lot of people mad or why a lot of people don't like it because it's really spot on. Yeah. I'm not going to ever go that far. Okay. Cause here the the parallels I'm drawing in my head and I know I'm not uh, by no means am I saying that he is even McGregor caliber because McGregor's in his own like league in that film. He's he, he acts his acting is far better than even Samuel Jackson's, but um, the parallels I'm, 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 I'm drawing are because you played through God of war, right? Yeah. Okay. So when Atreus, you know, spoiler alert, when Atreus finds out that he's a God, and that attitude that he starts to have is so similar to the attitude that um, the Anakin has the entire film of, uh, it, it, until the Sand People incident, because Ugh. you can, which there's, I'm not in no way am I saying that this movie is not flawed anymore for me. It is very flawed, and there's some stuff that is borderline, is still so cringy. CGI nowadays actually is to me one of the cringiest things about Attack of the Clones. Yeah, I agree. But something that I did notice, especially in that sand to that sand person scene, is I mean I'm going to tip my hat to Hayden just ever so slightly because he you know when he did this role he was supposed to be a rising star. Um, he there's some subtlety in that in that scene of whether basically he's, he knows that he has all this power and he but knows no responsibility. That, he knows that he has trouble controlling it and controlling his emotion. And I think in some ways, and maybe it's because I identified with, with him in this emotion of there was an anger came from a place that he wasn't ready to deal with. And so he, upon instinct, acting upon that anger with all the power and, you know, ability that he has kills all of those sand people, whether they deserved it or not. And you can see him deal, like mentally dealing with the idea that not only what he did was not right, but it makes him less of a Jedi. And like up to the point, that's always who he had wanted to be, was a good Jedi. Mm, still, I mm, I will never say ever that Hayden Christensen did a good job just because yeah. uh, I think, but then again, he was put in a really hard situation. Of, I don't think the best of actors could have made that character work. Um, the problem is for Anakin, at least for me, is it needs to be a tragic story of like a good guy gone bad. He never came across as a good guy at all. Like if one of the good things that the Clone Wars did, though, was like actually make Anakin an interesting character. Yes, and made his downward spiral more believable. And I think it affects you, the audience, a little bit more emotionally too. Yes, um, like seeing a good person turn bad is supposed to be a big deal, but this is just like oh yeah, spoiled brat just. 
got worse. I will say I, I used, cause I, I know that you, you know that I used to say that Clone Wars is not as bad as episode three, but I, now watching them again, back to back three is definitely still better than for a lot oh, of yeah. reasons. In terms of prequels, I say Phantom Menace is the best, then Revenge, then Attack the Clones way at the bottom. Yeah. All right, man. Well, now that we've you know gone off the deep end with Star Wars, <laughs> you want to hit some news? <laughs> yeah, considering we don't actually have any Star Wars news this week. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Um, not surprising. We, we're starting to have some positive signs of life getting back to normal. Um, one in particular has a very interesting development. It's not officially confirmed or anything, but... Um, you know how we talked recently that AMC theaters might be in trouble, and that's a bad sign for the movie theater industry. Well, AMC theaters might be getting bailed out by a very unlikely ally in Amazon, of all people. To which my immediate thought is, well, if anybody has the money to spare right now, it's probably Amazon. Um, and I'm not going to lie, on paper... Amazon buying AMC theaters, to me at least, actually makes a lot of sense. Uh, but Josh, you hear Amazon might be in the business of buying AMC theaters. What do you make of that? I mean, I have my whole other opinion about how Amazon you know, runs their business. Um, yes, it's a service, but how they treat their employees is terrible. Anyway. Yes. Um, but that's not what we're doing. Uh, I, I would agree with the, the comment, unfortunately, that uh, if anybody has the money right now, it's Amazon. Um, I see, I can see some potential in this. I think it works because Amazon has, over the past few years, positioned itself to try and be on the rise when it comes to media-related things. Um, like they're trying to make Amazon Prime a much bigger deal. Uh, they have that massive Lord of the Rings prequel series that's in the work that's supposed to be like mm-hmm. a huge, big, expensive endeavor that's going to, at least in budget, dwarf even Game of Thrones. So their eye is to media content, and I think it could really work. Uh, potentially being like Amazon original movies could show in AMC. I I think this could work. Yeah. Now I think no, I don't it. know if I don't know if how they would I think my question would be would they outright buy AMC and be like oh these are Amazon theaters now I don't or think they would they change just, the name I think they would keep it AMC yeah. but I could see them buying the theaters Yeah absolutely I could see them buying it and then just kind of letting them do their business as usual I I don't know, man. I don't really understand. I don't know where you would go after you buy them. Maybe bundle AMC Movie Pass with Amazon Prime or something. Like, hey, if you have Amazon Prime, you also get uh, AMC A list included, so you have unlimited movies type of thing. That's not a bad idea. Okay. While we're on the topic, I've pitched this to Heather before, and this needs to happen. I highly doubt it ever will, but. Still to this day, it blows my mind that movie theaters don't have merch or gift shops of, you have snacks, but how is it that say you walk into Avengers Endgame? I don't know about you, but when I come out of that theater, I'm thinking, 
man, it'd be cool to find some Avengers Endgame merchandise. Why wouldn't it be so hard for a theater to carry at least some relative merch, whether it's just like a shirt or a hat or two, of some of the movies that are playing in the theater at that time, provided by the studio themselves? I know. It'd be extra Uh, revenue for all involved. I want to say licensing, but I really, I don't know how that would work. Um, hmm. And you could do it like, you know, how most theaters have their own, a special hallway to leave the theaters. You could put it over there. So it's on the way out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's just an idea that it's it's always bugged me. Of just like, on paper, that just sounds so perfect. Of like, it'd be kind of the same concept of putting candy at checkout lines at grocery stores. Of like, it's just that little incentive of while you're there, and you may already enjoy this thing, and you might want to get something else related to that thing. Yeah, and it would bring in extra money so that, I don't know, if... You know, another pandemic happens, maybe most theater companies will be in a better position. So maybe to bring it back, if Amazon does buy AMC, it'd be like AMC with merchandise provided by Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Because Amazon, yes, they have movies, but they're into business of goods. So what if they supply the goods to AMC? That would give AMC a major one up, an advantage of. Well, at AMC, you could find merchandise for the things that you're seeing. Hmm. I wonder how that would work because as far as I'm aware, Amazon works on like as like a vendor. And yes, companies, it does. So like more of like a vendor So the studios hub. could be their own vendors. Yeah. I, I would And you so you split up. Your store split the profits between Amazon, sections. so it's a win for them, and the studio win for them, and the movie theaters win for them. Hmm. And you can split up the stores by by studio. Hmm. Well, it'd be interesting. New watch that idea is too good. Some FBI agent's gonna find me and make sure I'm never heard from again. Nathan, of all the ideas you've had, I don't know if that's the one that does it. Yeah, I didn't accuse any Clintons or anything. Yep. Anyway, so uh, let's talk about, since we're on the topic of theaters. Yeah, okay. I genuinely believe this will be the last time we say this, but New Mutants has been delayed again. (laughs) But this time, I think we mean it. So it's now been delayed till August 28th. And gosh dang it, can this movie just please come out already so we can be done with it? Honestly, I'm definitely going to go see this in the theaters now just because it's like, come on, man. (laughs) It actually is more reassuring to me that they keep pushing it back because it means to me that they want it to be in theaters, which also to me, means that they see something in it and it's not a straight-to-VOD schlock fest looking at you, Scoob. Yeah. Not too happy with the reviews I'm reading for that. Yeah. Unfortunately. Poor New Mutants has been... This will be its fifth delay. This movie was supposed to come out two years ago. It has been done. 
wasn't there t- time before even that when we weren't even sure if it was coming out after the first trailer dropped? Yeah, I remember the first trailer dropped, and then we didn't hear anything at all about it. And then Disney bought Fox, and we didn't even know from then of, okay, what's happening here? And yeah, but it seems like now we're finally getting it. But again, we've been here before of thinking, all right, New Mutants is just around the corner. And But then again, this is an unforeseen circumstance, so it's not yeah. really New Mutants' fault. But I, yeah. again... I believe it this time that this will happen. Um, I think theaters will be open again by end of August. I think will be just fine for it. And if, if anything, like I said, I think this is a good sign that they keep insisting on it being a theatrical release because I think they see something in it. Will it tie into any future Marvel movies? Absolutely not. I think Disney wants to get this thing done and over with um, and then work on introducing X-Men. You know what's going to be crazy? And I don't think it'll be good, but what if it is? <laughs> and yeah, I mean, maybe it uh, warrants something, gets a following. And then all of a sudden, just put in this weird position of if we don't bring back these characters, we're in trouble <laughs> with our fan base. <laughs> like how what Deadpool's going through right now? Yeah, like, okay. Which, Rob Liefeld, can you just calm yourself? Because Rob Liefeld, 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 there we go, that's the name. The guy that created Deadpool, the character, he's just gotten real odd lately. He's just like, Disney's the reason why we don't have Deadpool 3, this, that, and the other thing. I'm just like, dude, it's not the end of the world. Disney's probably just trying to figure out what to do with a very tricky R-rated character in their MCU. Yeah. Like, oh. Like, uh... Disney's not stupid. They're going to figure out Deadpool 3. It's probably just not going to be the MCU. Um, it will be fine here. Yeah. I mean, and technically he's not wrong when he says, Disney's the, the reason that, Thor, the, the, you know, Deadpool 3 is not happening. Well, yeah, it's, it's a property now, so. Yeah, it's like, it, but it's nobody's fault. They don't want to. If you make a wrong move move with Deadpool, you can cost yourself a lot of money. It's not something you just have to rush into production. Looking at you, Deadpool 2. I I still don't mind Deadpool 2. It's okay. I actually prefer it over the first one. Is that because kind of the shock value that is the first one is kind of already worn off? Or because they've found found a, a better balance? I think the second one for me had a better balance, better overall story, and the whole, just the, not, it's not a family movie by any stretch, but the theme of family and the team Mm. unit, I think I liked better. And the first one, I felt at times was shock value for the sake of shock value. Yes. Like International Women's Day. Mm, Yes. Um... Anyway, uh, yeah, it's, he's a tricky character to do. Now, and I've said this before, I don't think he has to be an R-rated character. Um, Agreed. I think, I think I think you have to now, just because you've already set that precedent. Yeah. Now but you, now if you I, hadn't, yes, you could still make Deadpool PG-13. People are like, he has to be R. I'm like, it, the reason why Once Upon a Deadpool failed wasn't because it was PG-13. It was you were trying to shoehorn in a PG-13 movie from a pre-existing R-rated movie, it just comes across as awkward. But if you set out to make a PG-13 from the get-go, you can it could still work. Just bleep out the 
F-bombs and whatnot and just have Wade actually address them to camera. And you can still get away with a lot of violent content in PG-13 movies. No, yeah. So, And then they wouldn't have uh, written themselves into a corner because once you've gone full, full Deadpool 1, it's hard to go anywhere else. Yeah, to the point that they had to use time travel in the second one. Yeah. Like, I enjoy both of them, but I could see why Disney's been more reserved. Um, But getting back to New Mutants once and for all, I think this poor, this poor franchise, just come out already, please. Just, just come out so we can get it over with. Yeah. Because its trailer came out in 2017. Yeah, and which is really b- sad because I'm, I don't know about you, but I remember seeing the trailer and being like, yo, what is this? This looks okay. awesome. This is the weird thing. I got married April 2017. The trailer came out for a movie before I got married. The movie still has not come out yet. And you're still married, right? Yes. <laughs> I've been married for three years now. And a movie that I saw a trailer for before I got married still hasn't come out yet. <laughs> That's bad. That is bad. I mean, it, unfortunately, I think it did get lost in the shuffle a little bit with the whole merger. Um, but, but even before you know, the merger, it had its issues. Yeah, it did. I, I think so. And I, with that in mind, that's why I think I'm going to make it a point to go see it in in theaters. A, because... Disney slash Fox has put an effort into making sure that it stays in theaters and B so that I can see it. And cause I've actually kind of been wanting to see it a little bit and see just like, it's what better way to get it over with. <laughs> I mean, it can't be that bad. No, I, I honestly, I doubt that it's going to be bad. I don't think it's going to be great, but I don't think it's going to be bad. Yeah. I think it'll probably end up being an average movie. That's had a hellish production. I, I mean, I think it'll be better than X-Men Apocalypse. Well, that's not hard. <laughs> Polish you a wasted, turn. It's you wasted turn. Oscar Isaac. Like, seriously, you couldn't even tell. Oh. And he looked like Ivan Ooze from uh, Power Rangers. He did. Oh, my goodness. Mm. But let's move on to some more positive news because there's a lot of positive news this week and one head scratcher, but we'll leave that for last. Um... So with the coronavirus, everything has more or less been put on pause, uh, like everything, productions, TV, movies. Well, that might be lifting as we're starting to get our first indications that productions on certain things may actually be resuming soon with uh, the United Kingdom actually allowing film productions and other productions to go back to shooting soon with most notably... Uh, the Witcher season two and the Batman potentially in the next month or two, we could see filming pick right back up for those projects. So this is a sign that we should be getting back to normal, normal. I say that with big old air quotes that you can't see, um, getting back to at least regularly scheduled things being active development. Cause that's one of the frustrating things is yes, at least we've had some news to cover here, but the thing is nothing's been in active development just because nothing can be. And I think it's great that things seemingly could be potentially back in the works soon, which is always a positive thing. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I, it's, I'm glad that all senses of getting back to a quote unquote normal seem to be happening. Which also means, because we were, before the virus hit, we were really, really ramping up on details for the Batman. Like yes. set leaks and just overall story details from the set. Like not even things that were leaked, like the look at the bat suit and everything else. So I was figuring like we were a week or two away from probably getting like official looks at Catwoman or the Penguin or uh, Paul Dano's Riddler, like actual stuff. So it'll be nice of if this is true and we do get um, to see production resume soon that hopefully regularly scheduled news will start trickling in and maybe we'll get our looks at certain things. Yeah, absolutely. Now, there's more spoilers to be had for um, The Batman, but let's also not forget that The Witcher's in production as well. Let's go, boy. I'm excited for season two. I genuinely am. I am too. I enjoy The Witcher, but also because I'm jaded in the back of my mind going, okay, let's just get The Witcher season two out of the way because after The Witcher season two, Henry Cavill doesn't have anything else on his schedule. (laughs) <laughs> evil grin evil grin there because uh, Josh I don't know if you remember uh, we talked about this like months and months ago about that uh, the niece of Sherlock Holmes movie like Enola Holmes with um, Eleven from Stranger Things oh y- y- yeah wow with we Henry Cavill that in that yeah that's been moved to Netflix so okay so yeah, strong sign there, but that apparently was done a while ago. So I'm like, oh, so after Witcher 2, you're saying your schedule's clear? So cue <laughs> the Dumb and Dumber meme of, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> Jeez. I'll um, never give up on that. Never again. I went to a dark place on Henry Cavill for a little bit there, but I, I think he'll come back, please. You know what was brought up to me recently? That just in this in the same vein of uh, I completely forgot about the that Sherlock Holmes show, RT movie, whatever. Um, Philip, my brother, thought that Netflix had finally dropped their uh, their their Avatar Last Airbender show. No, they just debuted the animated series. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he he was like, Josh, did you see that they? Um, that they dropped their their uh, last Airbender show, and I was like, my first reaction was like, with no trailer, nothing. What are they doing? I'm confused. Let's Look be honest. Just like, if anybody would do that, it would be Netflix. It would be, and honestly, the world would break. No matter how good the series is, the world would break for like a week. No, just don't tell your brother, and he watched it. Be like, man, this seems a lot like the original series. It's not quite <laughs> as good as the original series, but. Like, um, uh, it what, is the original series. Was, but, like, that's what I was saying. Like, I was like, are you, like, because after the initial, like, how do they, they couldn't do this to us? How dare they? Blah, blah, blah. And then the initial, after that wore off, I was like, are you sure it's not the animated show, bud? And he's like, no, I saw it on there. I was like, yeah, they just ended the animated show. No. Y- yeah. <laughs> and then showed it to him. He's like, oh, I guess so. Like, they haven't even started production on the live action one yet. Which is unfortunate. Because nobody can do anything. 
Yeah. But also, I think it was a case of Netflix may have announced things a little too soon. Yeah, which is kind of par for the course. Well, Netflix either announces things too soon or like does a terrible job of announcing it. It'd be like, oh, hey, guys, Stranger Things comes out when? Yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And then everyone just goes, oh, you, you haven't seen it already? And pretends that they already knew that it was there. Shoot those shots, boy. Shoot those shots. That's the most Netflix thing ever is, oh, wow, you didn't know this thing was on there? How have you not seen this? I haven't seen this. Um, I'm going to pretend that I have. Because <laughs> Netflix is awful about advertising their own stuff. They are, which is really... I just don't understand it. Unless it's Stranger Things, in which case they'll beat it over their, your head that Stranger Things is coming. Well, uh, even to the point of, hey, we're going to drop a major spoiler because, I don't know, we don't know how to properly promote a season three. Yeah. Basically. No, but I'm not still bitter. Things should go into production soon, and that is a good thing. Yes. It's just unfortunate that Batman, his outfit, the only thing that he doesn't cover is the thing that he probably needs to cover right now. Oh, his mouth. Oh, get out of here. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to talk to you now. <laughs> He's just going to have a Batman Beyond suit for all of production now. I mean, I wouldn't exactly fight that. It's just going to be a metal version, like a mechanized version of the Batman Beyond suit. So, wait. Oh, so you mean um, Batman The Arkham Knight one? one? Oh, the, yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that one either. <laughs> Let's get on to some more good news. Well, at least I think this is good news. For one of us in particular, because Josh, I do believe, if I recall correctly, you're a big fan of the Percy Jackson series. I wouldn't say big fan, um, but I don't mind it. I, I enjoy its ex its existence. I'm one of those few that has never read the books, most all the movies, and thought that the movies could have been better, but I enjoyed them. Yeah, I will just say you are more of a fan of, than I am because I have not seen any of them. I mean, they're okay. They're fun. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't write home about them, but... <laughs> That's because you wouldn't write home to anybody. Yeah, I don't write to people. <laughs> so we bring up Percy Jackson because <laughs> Disney Plus supposedly is developing a live-action series for the streaming service revolving around Percy Jackson. It'll be a complete reboot, to which I just go, cool, but also, how many projects are you going to announce before you actually start one? All of them. <laughs> Disney Plus is becoming Guillermo del Toro of, they're attached to do this thing that never actually ends up happening. Well, I mean, as long as they don't go full Netflix, I think we'll be all right. But on paper, this is a project that I think could actually have legs and be interesting. Of yes. Since Disney no longer has the rights to Narnia because they squandered them, away to Netflix, yes. um, they can utilize Percy Jackson. And from what I've heard, each season will be one of the books. So they'll have time to flush smart. things out. Yeah, that that would be the one, one of the big things that I would complain about the, about the movies is that they did feel rushed and that they were kind of like, 
Yo, you're part of a bigger world. Yo, you're actually a great God. Hey, and they, they just kind of throw stuff at you and you have no time to really like. But hey, if I remember correctly, isn't Percy Jackson one of the few franchises that Sean Bean actually survives? Yep. Besides <laughs> National Treasure? Yep. <laughs> so just bring him back. That's fine. I mean, I love Sean Bean. And let's be fair. Percy Jackson, the original movies, did introduce the world to both Logan Lerman and, and Alexandra Daddario. So it wasn't yeah. all bad. It's in, I, I would honestly, I would dare dare you to go seek it out if you can and see if, they, if it's playing on any of the streaming services. I think it's on Disney+. Plus. It might be. I don't. I don't know if they. I wasn't sure if they had added it yet or not. I'm not sure. But, um, I'm still quite pissed that they chose to do this instead of a Kingdom Keepers series. I will never forgive them for that. Because, oh, <laughs> are you familiar at all with what the Kingdom Keepers are, Josh? No clue. <laughs> okay, so Kevin Smith actually pitched this to Disney, and they had they were talking to it about it, but then Disney gave the most BS reason of, well, we think it'd be too many intellectual properties and we don't think it could work. That's stupid. You own all the intellectual properties involved. So the plot of Kingdom Keepers is five kids are um, basically virtual tour guides for the Disney World parks. So um, they go full on Tupac. Um, But the thing is, when they become holograms, like when they go to sleep at night, they wake up in the parks as their holograms. So it's kind of superhero-ish. Like they have to save the parks, but using it as their holograms and the special powers that that entails. And so what it is, is like the uh, Disney parks come alive at night. So like they'll get attacked by evil, demonic, it's a small world dolls, which is, sounds about right. Um, or like the pirates on Pirates of the Caribbean come to life or rides that you shoot lasers on actually become real lasers. And there's clues that are left behind that would ultimately like save the park, which it's a whole like the regular books are like a seven book series like Harry Potter that they spun off into other side things. But it's a really, really popular and really well written kids adventure series that as a Disney fan growing up reading them, I always thought would be a cool show because everything takes place within those parks. So if anybody could do it, it's Disney because, well, they wouldn't have to pay anybody. They own everything already. It's just annoying that they had everything all set and they're like, we don't think it can make it work. Really? You own everything in this. But you uh, you can't do this, but you can do Wrinkle in Time. Heard. Oh, boy. Let's not go down that road. Or... You made a good Narnia movie, and then you made Prince Caspian, which isn't bad, but then you immediately lost the rights to somebody else. Yeah. Which, okay, Disney, if you don't do Percy Jackson, maybe you can steal the rights away from Netflix and do your own Magic Treehouse series because they're not doing anything with it. Oh, my goodness. I would eat that up. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Please. And maybe, how familiar were you with Harry Potter? Not very at all. You know her from other stuff. Uh, Emma Thompson, Professor Trollney, uh, Saving Mr. Banks, that yep. actress. Have her be Morgan Le Fay. Yes. So or, much yes. Um, if not her, then... Um, oh, geez. 
Oh, crap. And then Jim Broadbent. Um, Slughorn from Harry Potter, but also, uh, th- this is the weird thing to remember him for. The villain in Around the World in 80 Days as Merlin. Okay. Um, oh, crap. Her name is escaping my mind. Um, the lady that played Helga. Or, uh, sorry, not Helga. Hell. In Hella? Ragnarok. Kate Blanchett. Yes. Lady Galadriel? Yes, as Morgan. Which, that really messed me up as a kid, because in Magic Treehouse, Morgan Le Fay is a good guy, and then you read Arthurian legend, and you're like, did these books lie to me? Because <laughs> you realize she's not Morgan Le Fay, it's Morgana Le Fay, and she's Merlin's arch enemy, not best friend. Yeah. I'm going, um, did you read? Did you do your homework there? Mary Orsborn? I think she did, but she was like, people will be more attached, like more attached to the idea of them going on adventures from a, like a woman, then they would be like, hey, there's this creepy old guy that would go to his library and he gives us adventures. Family Guy's Herbert, basically. <laughs> exactly. Which, um, it's more or less Ridley Scott's approach to Robin Hood, which did you know we actually accidentally timed Robin Hood perfectly because it just celebrated its 10 year anniversary this past week. No way. Really? I was like, we accidentally timed something. Well, <laughs> that's awesome. So, um, mark me down for curious to Percy Jackson, bring it back. Yeah. I'm curious same, enough. Same yeah. But again, I'll, I'll watch it. Until the cameras start rolling, I don't believe it'll actually happen because Disney Plus is in the business of announcing things, but not actually starting anything. Yeah, same. Okay. We have had some weird news topics in the past, whether it's um, Hans Zimmer doing the music for a SpongeBob movie before literally anybody else was attached to the movie. That still might be our weirdest. Um, yeah. I feel like there's another, like, ultra weird one but this has to be up there in seriously hollywood will green light anything these days so director danny boyle uh of train spotting a lot of well-known and really well-regarded films wants to work with michael b jordan great michael b jordan is a great actor i really enjoy all of his work danny boyle is pitching a movie about the biblical character Methuselah, who his one and only claim to fame in the Bible is that he lived to be 969 years old. Uh That is it. When I saw this, I was like, wait, the Methuselah? Because I looked it up in the Bible. There is two verses about Methuselah. That is it. It says, like, Methuselah was this year's many years old, and then he had a kid. And then he lived to be 969 years old, and then he died. That is it for Methuselah in the Bible. Um, have you lost your minds, Warner Brothers? Wasn't Noah from um, Warner Brothers? Ah, uh, I'm trying to think. It might. It might have been. Because if that's the case, then this isn't that surprising. The reason I'm hearing is Warner Brothers really wants to franchise that's the thing is they want to franchise this i'm like how do you franchise methuselah other than a sexy name this doesn't sound franchisey to me um 
the report that I read is that Warner Brothers wants to have a franchise revolving around Michael B. Jordan because they really see great value in him and they liked his work in the Creed movies. So I'm like, that's great. I think, yes, we should have a franchise that revolves around Michael B. Jordan, which is why there's talks of wanting Michael B. Jordan as our new Superman. This lines up perfectly with Warner Bros. wanting him to have his own franchise. But Methuselah, of all people. And before people get all on the race thing, no, that's actually probably close that Michael B. Jordan would be right around that area. It's more or less a, really? We want a whole movie franchise about a biblical character that is in the Bible for two verses. Yeah, at least with Noah, you could be like, there's a, literally a whole section of human history dedicated to him. Yeah, and even for people that don't know the Bible too well, there's like a top 50 of biblical people that is immediately more interesting than Methuselah, who, if you have like your Bible baseball card, is Methuselah's claiming to fame is he's the l- oldest person that ever lived, and that is it. There's no other stats. I'm like, give me a Joshua movie, another, well, maybe not another Moses movie because we've got way too many of those. Um, a Judas movie. If, mm, nope, actually, nope. That would be way too controversial, Samson. I think. Um, give me Samson. <laughs> a good Samson movie. Yes. Because we've had Samson movies, but they're all low budget, terrible. Um, Samson, yeah. Joshua, even like the old judges or whatever, like the rulers and more or less the leaders of specific groups. Um, David and don't sugarcoat anything. Um, you could, or even Solomon and don't sugarcoat anything. There's a lot you could do. Converting to Paul. Early Christianity, literally anything else in the Bible, except for Methuselah. Come on. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what I don't know what the thought process Maybe is. Maybe a here. movie called uh, Mary and Joseph, where it's just how do you raise the son of God as a child? <laughs> There's already a book dedicated to it. Hmm. And it was it was considered so like weird that all the original people that put the Bible together were like, yeah, that's not. <laughs> anyway. Again, Methuselah. I yeah, think I it was know. just some executive Warner Brothers going, that's an interesting name. Can we merchandise that? Probably not. It, I am all for giving Michael B. Jordan a franchise. If anybody can carry a franchise, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I think he's a fantastic talent, and I want to see more of him in big-budget movies. But Methuselah? Yeah, that's, that's going to be the reaction that we get on this. And even then, that's coming from us who have a biblical background, who know who Methuselah is. If you go up to Joe Schmo in the street going, who's Methuselah? They're either going to be confused or think it's a Game of Thrones character. Yeah. Like, he lives to be 969 years old. And they'll look at you going, again, I don't know who that is. Is it a Game of Thrones character? Is that the witch person? Yeah, dude, I don't know. I don't I'm sitting here trying to figure out a way that you could make that work, but I don't, I don't know. It, it, yeah, I don't know. Like Danny Boyle's a great director, but you, you okay there, man? You thought this was a good idea? I think, I think the 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 common thread here is 
fill in the sentence, but Methuselah? <laughs> yeah, again, I come back to it of make a Joshua movie instead. And not just because that's your name. Joshua is like my favorite person in the Bible. Except for, you know, that big guy in the New Testament. Well, I appreciate that I'm like your favorite person in the Even in the before Bible. I knew you, <laughs> Joshua, for those that don't know, Joshua is like the Aaron Rodgers of the Bible. He's the greatest backup quarterback in the Bible. He really is. But, spoiler alert, he's just like Aaron Rodgers. He's probably better than his predecessor. Just a, just a tad. And also, if... You have to pick anybody from the Bible. Joshua has the most interesting stories. Like, yes, you obviously have the veggie tales with Josh and the big wall. But Joshua was a military leader. Pick any one of his great battles. There's your movie right there. Dude, he's he's a pretty good guy. He's, he's pretty awesome. Not going to lie. Just have Joshua and your tagline is, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Okay. Or just go full veggie tales and go with Josh and the big wall. Full veggie tails. And then they throw uh, ices at people. Look, you can talk crap about veggie tails all I you want. I will never talk crap about veggie tails. But it is easily, like, I think one of my favorite things that they ever did was parroting Lord of the Rings. And their sporks. <laughs> yes, half spoon, half fork. There's so, so many good jokes that I didn't even realize as a kid of uh, there's an episode about sharing that Larry's like, why do I have to share? When do I have to share? Whatever happened to Sonny and Cher? I was like, okay, get out. <laughs> it's a very good show. It's, I mean, old school. Um, yeah, old school was, but. Yeah, don't watch the new VeggieTales. It's awful. It's terrifying. Methuselah. Just... Just Methuselah. Yeah. Methuselah. If anything, that sounds like a name that it is actually a name that Sean Spencer would give Gus on Psych. <laughs> he gave him the name Methuselah Honeysuckle. So, guys, are you sure you want to go through with this? Yeah. Josh, you got a sponsor for us before we get into the really fun stuff? Um... Today's sponsor is brought to you, to you in part by Tacos, filling the hole in your heart because you won't go to therapy. Wow. <laughs> so you're saying about your problems, you don't want to <laughs> talk about them? Oh, get out of here. You know you were going to go that route if I didn't. Yeah, I just was trying to salsa around the problem. <sighs> Uh, That was a little too spicy Okay So We are are a top tier humor here At Uncharted Media Podcast Dad jokes are always the best jokes It is not a thing that You are ever taught One day they just click They do It just happens It just happens And then when you do make those jokes You find out you were worthy all along. Oh, absolutely. Because today we're talking about movie characters that we think would be worthy. And some of them, spoiler alert now, it's going to get pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Our only yeah, caveat yeah. was these characters could not have canonically lifted the hammer in any 
um, pre-existing material. So, like, I don't have any... Well, I was about to say, I don't have any Marvel characters, but I'll get into my little loophole on that in just a second. Um, but, like, I don't have Captain America or Spider-Man or Black Widow or Superman. Anybody that's actually lifted the com- lifted Thor's hammer at any point, I don't have on my list. Um, and I'm sure it's up to your interpretation of what do you define as worthy. But... A couple names on my list are very black and white in what I determine as worthy or not. So I'll start with that. Um, Okay. This whole discussion came out of my watching one movie in particular and watching a specific character. And I'm looking at him. I don't know why the thought popped to my head, but I see this character as goofy as he is. And I just go, of all people, I think you could lift Thor's hammer. And it was just black and white for me. And that's why I'm, of course, referring to Poe from Kung Fu Panda. Yes, I had him on my list. Yes. <laughs> Again, this is going to oh. get ridiculous. And I'm so glad I wasn't the only one that thought this. Because if yep. the master of the Wushu finger hold and the master of inner peace can master those, and that takes a lifetime to learn, surely he can lift the hammer of Thor. And don't call <laughs> me Shirley. Um, I think... The the big thing for me when because I, I I took a took it a step further um with my list I have no comic book characters period on my list I almost have that but it'll make sense when I say that my one exception that's fair um but Poe uh, to me I mean he's so pure of heart dude like how can you not love Poe. Uh, even like as without all the kung fu ability he's easily one of the most likable goofballs around much like the person that voices him yeah honestly i can't picture anybody else but jack black being poe and what i always liked about the character is he does always undergo an arc and like change as a character but at the same time he never changes who he is of yes he's always that morally pure person that would be needed to lift the hammer of yes he's the greatest ultimate ninja there is now he still makes mistakes and is an idiot but that's what makes him more human and relatable um and what makes his character so interesting at no point does he become so ridiculously overpowered that no one can beat him um he's still i was about to say incredibly human but incredibly panda and He's just so likable and like all around just good natured character that would necessitate the good character that would be required to lift Mjolnir. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's glad we're on the same page. Who else you got? I think the the, uh, other like really important distinction to make here is that it's not that they have to necessarily be strong. It's because I think if anything, the uh, being worthy is more about your character than it is your, uh, your physical strength. Exactly. I don't really have any strong, physically strong characters. However, I did take some physical aspects into perspective of, I thought like some character from toy story, but then I thought, well, all of them are like half the size of the hammer. So, discount them there my logic was weird for this i don't care <laughs> well that's weird because i i was like when i when i sat down to make my list the first person outside of poe uh that came to my mind was woody see one i think he's too short 
So I think he is too short for the hammer. But also, and this is coming from me, who we know, anybody that listens to the podcast, I worship at the feet that is Toy Story. I don't think anybody in Toy Story is worthy. Really? Except for maybe Jesse. The reason is, Woody, at least pretty early on, Woody is absolutely not worthy of the hammer. He's an awful person in the first Toy Story. Yeah. And Buzz is, one constant through Buzz is, he's always kind of at least had a lovable ego to him. Yes, but I see, that was mainly because I know that by the end of, at least at the end of two, he goes through a very significant arc. And at the end, and also the thought of a tiny lifting hammer and throwing it around is very funny to me. I think <laughs> by the end of two or three, I could see the Woody thing again. It's my yeah. weird brain of, oh yeah, I could definitely see a panda lifting Thor's hammer, but uh, <laughs> a doll version of a cowboy? No way. No um, way. That's off limits. <laughs> but if any Pixar character, I guess now that I think about it, if any Pixar character were MCU characters, Woody would essentially be the Captain America of yes. the guy that's been so devoted to his job for his entire life that he sacrificed his own happiness. Um, yes. And Captain America is worthy. So I, I get where you're going from that. I can see it. Yeah, absolutely. What else you got, boss? You want my first stupid choice? Yes, absolutely. So I'm cheating because it's two people. Um, but you can't have one without the other, especially when you're talking about the Wild Stallions. Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan. Bill and Ted. I hate you. I hate you for this. Do you have Bill and Ted on your list? No, I don't. But I don't know why I didn't think of them. For those that think Bill and Ted are just a bunch of morons, yes, that's the. That's why they could, because they're too stupid to realize how big of a deal it is to lift Thor's hammer. Oh my goodness. They've already beaten death a couple times, literally beaten (laughs) death in multiple games, and they are best friends with death. And (laughs) Hela is more or less death than the MCU. But take that aside, take that aside. Yes, they are morons, but at no point are they immoral characters. Yes, they make crude teenage boy jokes, but they are almost always good all-around characters. They always see the good in others, even if it's evil clone versions of themselves. They always, almost always have the moral high ground of, okay, let's do the right thing. Their motto is literally, be excellent to each other. Uh, They're just idiot surfer bros that don't actually surf, but at the end of the day, they have the heart of gold, so I think that's actually what makes them worthy. Yes, they're morons, but they're morons with good hearts. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with and you. And they're whole, they conquered death. And also they're too stupid to realize how important this is. They're the saviors of the future world. So, okay. 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 I see you. You're too stupid to realize how important the hammer is. I see you in the, your your heart of gold, and I will raise you a canine spirit in Doug from up. Okay, yep. <laughs> Doug can do no wrong. 
the fact I just I had this scene in my head of Thor throwing the hammer for the for dog coming with it in his mouth and retrieving. Yes, exactly. And it's just it's so perfect. And I can't now I want it to happen. I mm, I don't know if he ever did, but what about Crypto, the super dog? No. <laughs> but he's just a regular dog. <laughs> what about he's Kevin? Could dog. Kevin lift it? Who? Kevin the flamingo. No, the uh what no, not the flamingo. Uh whatever bird Kevin was. Not Kevin McAllister. Lord knows he could not. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. the the big uh, the big bird from up. Yeah. Um Yeah. Uh, well, see, okay. The the big thing we have like in this weird stupid discussion we're having <laughs> is at what point does just a normal good person become worthy? Because Kevin is just trying to exist. <laughs> There's and he would not like really... it if you stopped. True. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I mean, the, the rules on what makes you worthy are very blurry here. As it is in the MCU and in the comics. Yes, absolutely. It's basically writer's convenience. You're not wrong. Uh, I have one other stupid but fairly accurate pick. Okay. We're going to get Christmas with this one. Oh, no. Buddy the Elf from Elf. <laughs> I think that's more of... I know he's a good... He's got a heart of gold, and he's he he's cares for everybody before himself. But just the idea of Will Ferrell, like, swinging the hammer like he's like twirling a candy cane as he walks through walks through New York is very funny to me. I just want <laughs> that to happen of like just tossing it up to himself and just destroying everything. And then because my mind is my mind immediately goes to it would never happen. But what if the two guys from Step Brothers had Thor's hammer? No, they couldn't no. lift it. But did you touch my hammer? I didn't touch your hammer. <laughs> Not that hammer. Anyway, um. <laughs> but yes, Buddy the Elf is in the same camp as Poe. Of like, they can't do wrong. There's not a bad bone in their body. Yes, he's all about um, spreading Christmas cheer. And what's more cheerful than a hammer? <laughs> Like, so Thor could easily be mistaken for Santa Claus. It's okay. <laughs> I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, that's the problem. <laughs> I mean, they both probably have some Celtic in them. The problem, just a little bit. Oh man. All right. So I'm going to get and, my oh, better yet. They're connected even further oh. by John Favreau. Okay. Okay. Yeah. John Favreau directed elf and has directed multiple things while appearing as happy Hogan, which I still in the back of my mind think happy could probably lift the hammer. Or oh, happy could totally lift the hammer. Like he would lift it and not even realize that it's Thor's hammer. Yes. If, I mean, if he, if he can date aunt may, he can, he can lift the hammer. Mm-hmm. Also, not even honorable mention, just top of the list. Stan Lee can always lift the hammer. Rest in peace, Stan. Excelsior. Mm-hmm. Who else you got? Because I got okay. plenty more. No, yeah, same. Um, so I have a 
I'm still not sure how I feel about this one, but Uh-oh. it was definitely one that I could. Um, Ace Ventura. Mm, I would okay. probably say no. So his, because I, I have two of the. Do I? No, I took him off. Okay, um, I have at least one like within Ace Ventura in that. I feel like his convictions and most like 90% of his personality is pure in the sense of he, his, his passion for animals, unshakable his his desire to keep the environment safe is, you know, you can't, you can't shake that. It's, I just, I think if, if Ventura 2 didn't happen, we'd be having a different conversation. I don't know. That whole, I need to take a shower because I accidentally kissed a man thing. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, now I That's feel That's the bad one thing that, like, immediately kids. dates that movie going, oh. Yeah. I, mm, you're not right. Yeah, daggum. <laughs> so, to bail Josh out for a little bit while he rethinks his life choices, <laughs> I have <laughs> what I guarantee you is the oldest person on either of our list. I guarantee you that now, Josh. Okay. Because I don't know how this thought popped in my head, but I couldn't drop it. So we talked recently okay. about Russell Crowe's god-awful Robin Hood movie because it spits in the face of the greatest Robin Hood, the original Errol Flynn Robin Hood. And yes, I'm going to be that guy that goes, well, the old school adventure heroes are the best. Um, (laughs) For those that have not seen, Errol Flynn's Robin Hood is like the quintessential Robin Hood and the old school, like classic good guy of like, okay, yeah, every other hero has like some character flaw or some form of a, thing to make them more relatable. This guy is more just like the clean cut old school model of Superman, except minus superpowers, but just like the cheesy, smiling, good guy all around. It's just good natured hero when that meant something. Um, Saying this as a Robin Hood fan. And also that movie has aged incredibly well considering it was made in the 30s. Oh, jeez. Actually, still, I have it on DVD, and it still actually really, really holds up with the Technicolor and everything. Like, it actually <laughs> really looks good. That's crazy. But yes, that's my most, like, out of left field of, yeah, I'm a little too film snobbish. Just a little. <laughs> also, I had to double check how to spell Errol Flynn. <laughs> Fair. Um, I'm going to drop a few here, okay? Oh, um. Yeah, yep, 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 yep. Um, so I think if you're going to talk about Poe, then we got to talk about someone who literally lived their life proving themselves, proving that they don't need to change, that they're good enough being who they are. Um, in pickup. From <laughs> I haven't talked about how to trade your dragon in a while, and this is an opportunity. <laughs> We need a jar, people. We need a jar for Josh. 
Oh, like if Josh just put like a nickel every time he mentioned how to train your dragon, by the end of the month he could pay for his own microphone. <laughs> oh, hey, I don't need to be called out like that. Hold on, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. <laughs> and then if I had to put a nickel in every time I mentioned Iron Giant, I would retire by the end of the year. Oh, geez. Okay, but am I wrong? Yeah, I don't know. Also, for the I'm, record, Iron Giant is not on my list. Interesting. I think that evil robot side of him kind of gets in the way. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's on my list. But it should come as a shock to no one that hiccups on Josh's list. No, not at all. But, I mean, I'm not wrong is the thing because, I mean, he literally – he always – he like, I don't know how to describe – him because I wouldn't. I feel like we've overused the name, the the phrase "pure heart," but like, bruh. <laughs> um, and I don't know, man. I, I don't know. Well, you say "How to Train Your Dragon" is in like the fantasy subgenre, right? Yeah, I would say so. Well, my next one also exists in the fantasy subgenre in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Are you about to use a certain a certain quote-unquote sidekick? Yes, because I debated for a while if I could only pick one Lord of the Rings character, who would it be? Yeah. Because as much as I love and Aragorn is one of my favorite, if not my favorite movie character of all time, he's not who I would say can lift the hammer of Thor. I would agree. I mean, I thought about Legolas. I thought about Gandalf. I thought about Gimli. I think Aragorn could but he wouldn't want to correct which would make him worthy um i think we're on the same page here yeah it's mary and pippin oh we're not no i'm just i'm just kidding i'm just kidding okay i was like whoa that took a left turn (laughs) but we're talking about sam right the real hero of lord of the rings yeah, with my boy Sam Wise Gamgee. He had to my put up boy. with annoying Frodo for three movies. Ugh, carrying Frodo literally. Like, I'm not gonna uh, lie. By the end of Return of the King, I'm like, can you just push Frodo in? <laughs> I mean, probably should have, but he's his best friend. No, his best friend died when he put on the ring. Oh, he's now a changed person. Oh, I'm sad now. <laughs> oh. Because you know it's true. That's so why he had to leave Middle Earth to go to the Great oh. Havens. I'm so sad now. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Um. Yes. I, I think anybody that's seen the films knows that Sam is... Is worthy a swift return of the king when literally my favorite phrase is, Well, I can't carry the ring, Frodo, but I can carry you. And I cry every time. Which is like the cheesiest line in movie history, but it still works because it's Sam. It's Sam. And it, it, with everything that it's built to, like you have a character that 
has felt like he's help he's useless has felt like he hasn't really done much to further this quest when actual actuality he's the one keeping it going and he's the one guy that like even at its bleakest holds on to that little shred of hope with like probably one of the greatest movie speeches of all time with how he closes out two towers yes of like oh. that'll never not hit me um but can you imagine in a hypothetical world um, that Frodo in Return of the King still gets kidnapped by Shelob the giant spider, but when Sam comes to rescue him, in his hand is not Sting, but Mjolnir. Dude, let's go. Let's and go. And then he Sarah, just ditches Sarah, Frodo Sarah, and joins Aragorn's side in the battle, just wielding a big hammer. Uh, I would, I would die. I, I, just, I love the hobbits in battle. It's the best thing. Which, side note, did you ever see that video of the Portals music from Endgame attached to the big final charge with Aragorn and everyone? No, that's awesome. I'll send it to you later. It's somebody timed it perfectly of like, uh, instead of Avengers Assemble, it's when Frodo and he charged into battle and was just like, okay, now I need to rewatch this entire trilogy and it's in fullest. I mean, I need to. I've been wanting to for a long time, so... Um. Yeah, <laughs> I would so, say we uh, should do an episode where we just rank the Lord of the Rings, but I'm pretty sure it would just go Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King, and Hobbit doesn't exist. <laughs> I mean, reverse that. I think honestly, really, like, you go in all... descending order. Yeah, I, I think I love all of them, but I think uh, descending order would be my, how I would like. I would as far as my enjoyment of them. But there's no real weakness in any of them. I would say. Yeah. The thing is like, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to personal preference because they're all three of them are very solid, solid films. Also, um, I'd like to throw out a name. Um, if not Sam or any of our main characters, what about Lady Arwen? Yeah, the I am no man. Is that, that's Arwen, right? Or Eowyn. Eowyn, I think. I think it's Eowyn, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. She's the best. Because, as we know, she gets by on technicalities. Yes, she does. I am Um, no man, which I'm still going, that's not what that means, but okay. (laughs) That's not what that means, but apparently magic was like, yeah, we agree. (laughs) Yeah, because they didn't want to speak to the manager either. (laughs) <laughs> no, they didn't. Oh, man. Um, so I'm going to bring up two because it's played by the same character. Keanu Reeves in everything. Okay. Yeah. N- no. You're really going to sit there and say that John Wick did, could could hold the, hand, uh, the hand, hammer? Yes, because he feels justified because his dog died. Okay, fine. No, Whatever. I'm not. John Wick is a horrible person that I love. I was going to say, I was like, dude, (laughs) Um, but but I'm interested to hear your thoughts when I say these names, but Harrison Ford plays two very iconic characters that are admittedly a little rough against against the grain. If if you're going to who I think you're going, I'm definitely going to disagree either Indiana or, or, or Han. Neither of them. Really? Why? Because we love them, but both of them are lovable. And I say this with all capital letters, lovable scoundrels. Fair enough. 
They are not good people. Han okay. shoots a man in the face, and he shot first, and he shot only. Well, yeah, because we both know where the situation. Anyway, um, <laughs> okay. So both of them are—they're lovable protagonists. They're great protagonists, but I don't consider them good people or role models. I think if you are worthy to lift Thor's hammer, it kind of makes you a role model. Fair enough. I'll give and that. They're, I'll give they're that wish to fulfillment you. characters, not role models. <laughs> they're not good um, people, but that's why you want to be them because there's no consequences yes. for them. Correct. Uh, well, if not Han, then there's a different Star Wars character I think we should talk about then. Qui-Gon Jinn. Really? Over Obi-Wan? Yes, actually. Because someone okay, I suggested this a few days ago and someone suggested Qui-Gon and I was like, the more I think about this, Qui-Gon over Obi-Wan, actually. Really? Okay, I'm really intrigued on your, your uh, thought process here. Because... Qui-Gon was always the one that was smarter than the rest of the council of understanding his purpose in the greater universe. He was at peace with everything. Like, he understood what Anakin could become if he was the father figure that Anakin so desperately needed. Obi-Wan still has his flaws that I love him as a character. He's not the Jesus-type character as much as he looks like Jesus. Um, But he still feels this, like, tremendous guilt for Anakin, whether that guilt was his or not, but it's still kind of, he begrudgingly takes on Anakin, not willingly. He just is like, fine, I'll take you on as my, I have to. Um, But Qui-Gon is more like the pure character. Now, which one do I like more? Obviously, it's Obi-Wan by leaps and bounds. Who is, I think, more worthy and more of like the all-around wholesome character, even if he wasn't around for very long, it was probably Qui-Gon because... If anybody can learn the ways to be a force ghost, it was Qui-Gon, and he was the one that taught everyone else that. So clearly, he's got something no other Jedi had. Fair enough. I can, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm all caught on this then. Count Dooku, just because it's Christopher Lee. <laughs> His uh, Christmas metal album is one of my favorite things on the planet. Christopher Lee, just in general, is one of the best. Yeah, so, it's really fun. Uh, that I can actually segue this perfectly into my next one, into a movie that you hate, but a character that I think you'll agree with me on. So uh, I said Qui-Gon and not Yoda because I think Yoda, like Obi-Wan and the rest of the council, we can kind of point the finger at and say your own arrogance. And if nothing else, the Jedi Council was very arrogant, as you saw in Clone Wars. Um, yes. So I won't say Yoda is able to lift the hammer, but a character that was heavily inspired by Yoda, I think, is... Mr. Miyagi. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. Even though I know you don't like the original Karate Kid, which I, I get. Um, but Mr. Miyagi is one of the best, like, all-around wholesome mentor figures there is. And I was trying to think of, like, what's that scene where he gets drunk and talks about stuff? But it wasn't anything like the Jaden Smith one where Jackie Chan actually killed his family while drunk. So he has no blood mm-hmm. on his hands that I can think of. It's... Mm-hmm. Like, he lost his wife or something in Nam, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So he's like the all-around good guy that will only fight if need be. So I could absolutely see him wielding the power of Thor, but choosing that he doesn't need to. Well, obviously. (laughs) 
as much as I like Jackie Chan's Mr. Han, Mr. Miyagi is probably more worth it, even though I think I like Mr. Han more than Mr. Miyagi as a well-rounded character. I agree. And it's it's Jackie Chan, man. Yes, you believe him when he talks about Kung Fu. You do. Um, I'm going to say a name, and I'd be curious to your... I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to... Some of these I thought would be... A good choice, but the more and more we talk about this, the more and more I'm unsure. But what about Rocky? I thought about Rocky. Um, I just didn't put him on the list because I figured you probably would. Um, Because I've said numerous times on the record, Rocky is like the most wholesome and good character that it's ever been in a movie. The the only faults that he ever has is fears and insecurities within himself, but that doesn't stop you from lifting the hammer, I think, because clearly Thor has his own issues in Endgame, but that doesn't stop him from still being worthy in a truly gut-wrenching scene. Yeah, absolutely. And he, I think at the end of the day, his work ethic and how much he cares for other people shines through. I think sometimes even more than... Uh, what Thor goes through, I think Rocky might even deserve it more. Yes. Um, Like, Rocky does, but doesn't change. Like, he goes to super wealthy and then back down to nothing, but he's still that good-hearted person from the neighborhood that says still says hi to anybody in the neighborhood. Yes, absolutely. So, I got three more. How many more you got? I have four. Sweet. Well, technically five, but I'm I'm bundling a couple of them. All right, rattle a couple off. Um, I couldn't pick between these two, but uh, either Ron Weasley or Neville Longbottom. I go Neville. Yeah, because Ron still has his pettiness at times and his own ego. Fair enough. And Neville, and that's why I was like, I I at first I was like Ron, but then uh, it's, Neville is so much more stronger of a character. Yes, uh, Neville his- grew into the real, like, yes, Harry was the chosen one, but Neville was chosen to be the general of the army. Yeah. Neville would have been the chosen one if it, if not for Harry. Yeah, the older I get, the more and more I love Neville. And I think, yes, he's the, well, he was worthy to wield the sword of Gryffindor, so I don't think it's that different from wielding Thor's hammer. I agree. Um, I've got, I don't know if you remember American Story, but I put down Fievel. From American Story. Uh, oh, American Tale? American Tale, my bad. Oof. Wow, um, that just sounds like the like the blue sky discount version of that movie. It does, they, doesn't it? Just borderline um, on copyright infringement. Yeah. <laughs> An American Story, except this time it's a gerbil. Oh, oh Lord. I, I, Bible. Almost, I almost put Rhino from Bolt on this list. <laughs> except no one remembers that movie. I mean, I do, but yeah, anyway, uh, I put five on here just cause he is, again, it's, he's pure heart and he only has the, the, his friends and family, um, that at heart, like he, he doesn't really, he never is very selfish at all. It's a good pick. Um, I have one that. People, anybody that had to read at all in high school and immediately know this character and probably grown because there's a movie that you probably were forced to watch. But if you rewatch it as an adult, it is so much better than you remember. And it's so good. And it's probably the only character that is more morally good and wholesome than Rocky. Arguably, probably the most upright and wholesome 
just all around, yes. If you have to pick one movie character that emulate your life around, it's this guy. And that is Atticus Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. Okay. Because, yeah, that's just the stereotypical, this is a good person of the rest of the town clearly wants this guy dead and wants to believe that he did what he's accused of doing. We'll leave it there. But Attic is like, no, this man, I will still defend him because it's the right thing to do and teaching uh, Scout the right things to do as a person growing up and just in a specific area of the country that doing the right thing is easier said than done. Yeah. And then a specific time period too. Yeah. Huh. That's a, that's a good one, man. Yeah, what some of mine got? are out of left field. All right. A little more right. old school. Yeah, what you got? What you got? So I got two more. Um, one that I'll like save for my big one, but one that I'm actually surprised you haven't thought about. But then again, um, I don't know your thoughts on this movie starring Tom Hanks. Okay. I say Forrest Gump is worthy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. See, I could see Forrest Gump lifting the hammer and just being another one of his adventures that he doesn't realize how important that is. Yeah. It just, okay. it just makes sense huh. to me because he's always a good, simple-minded, but I mean that in a always eye towards the good and not actual, you know what I mean? He's always just a good individual at times, a little too naive, but that's because he, I think he chooses to see the goodness in people. Um, yeah. And just always sees, okay, I'll do this because mama told me to listen to people. And I always listen to people and try and do my best. So I think that just automatically makes him worthy. And it just be another interesting adventure in his, well, I accidentally stumbled into creating this logo or I accidentally invested in Apple and now I'm rich or I met JFK or this, that, or the other thing. Yeah. I I can totally see that. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, one of my, my second to last is, and I feel like we, it's, this is the other movie that we need a jar for. Um, I'm going to say Jim, Jim Hawkins from treasure planet. Oh, I thought you were going to go Brendan from Warrior. No. Yeah. Although uh, that that is that that's a good that's not a good argument for one that I didn't think of. I like Jim. I don't I'll hear your arguments, but I don't know if I buy it. I don't know if I agree. I'm <laughs> I think cuz at at the end of the day, the only real reason he goes on this adventure outside of his his desire to be something bigger than just somebody at a you know at a little inn at some random planet in the universe is his desire to take care of his mother and yes he gets into a lot of trouble but like as far as i remember really the only trouble that he really gets in is for solar boarding in restricted areas yep that's basically yeah that's the worst everything else is accidental Exactly. Because so even even his mom says he's always trying to bring home injured creatures for to try and nurse them back mm-hmm. to health, and that's when he brings exactly. in uh, Billy Bones. Mm-hmm. And even though his instincts say otherwise, he and maybe it's 
played off of his lack of a father, but he does need, he does seem to want to see best in, in silver, despite everything. He always seems to try to see the good in people. I think you're slowly winning me over. So, so this is what <laughs> this feels like. Yes. <laughs> I still don't know if I'm 100% there just because of the anger and rage that he has early on in the movie. But I think by the end of it, I would say he probably could lift the hammer. Yes, absolutely. I, if not it's, him, it's, um, Delbert, the scientist he goes with. Yes. <laughs> oh, Delbert. Not Ben, because Ben deserves death. I hate Ben so much. It's probably, He's probably the only thing I don't like about that film. But that's the problem is, like, they kind of have no choice just because Ben in the source material of the original story is just kind of there and doesn't really contribute to the story other than showing them where the treasure is. So they're kind of stuck with it. Yeah, his character is like weirdly necessarily necessarily. But yeah, how Martin Short did it was just... There's not enough jokes here for kids. Give him all the jokes for the kids. Yeah. Which... All right, we should have so just given more one... jokes to um, Morph. Yeah. Right, I want to so save got, mine. Like, What's your last one? So I'm going to be curious on your thoughts of this. Because you mentioned you don't have Iron Giant on yours. Nope. Correct. Neither do I. I have Hogarth Hughes. Yes. 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 Yeah, I could see Hogarth. I thought you'd be, be like Dean. No, screw that. Um, no, Hogarth. <laughs> yes, I could see it. Because despite uh, the giant having and him seeing these terrible things that he could be capable of and is capable of, he still tries to show giant that there's a better way morally to do things. I think he, Hogarth, even as a kid, understands the Spider-Man mantra of with great power comes great responsibility, which is why he's trying to instill in the giant to more or less try and make him his own Superman instead of Metallo, which is actually a conversation they have, which I've said it once, I've said it a million times, Iron Giant is the best Superman movie ever made. Um, Yeah. But he purposely like goes out of his way to make him a good person. But the, the lessons that he has to teach giant are lessons that a kid shouldn't have to tell anyone just because they shouldn't have to be that mature to be able to tell and explain death to someone to which his maturity as I get older I'm just like amazed at of if I ever was able to make a movie I would do a live action version of Iron Giant where we find out that his father died in war when he was young or something, which is where he would get the it's wrong to kill, but it's not wrong to die thing. Yeah. Because that's a really heavy thing to comprehend for a kid, let alone an adult. So I think just like his presence of mind, yes, he still has like his childish moments, but he's a kid, but just his mindset and his maturity. That's a great pick. I haven't even thought about Hogarth. That's a really good pick. Yeah, that was, I was, that's, I was kind of, Saving that, putting that in my back pocket. And when you said you didn't have Iron Giant, I was like, okay, I might I might be onto something here. Well, yeah. Also, for the most part, I left machines off because um I don't know. I think 
that's kind of cheating a little bit. But also, I don't know if Iron Giant, just because he's made to be a weapon, and he has that breaking um, yeah. moment, but he chooses, I am not a gun. Um, yes. However, to bring this full circle for things that I've teased, I said robots might be cheating, but Vision technically lifted it in the MCU. So robots can. And I said I wouldn't have any Marvel characters. Technically, I would have one. Because technically, oh, no. this is a Marvel movie. But how can you not include Baymax? Oh my goodness. Yeah. How could you not? Because technically, he's a Marvel comic book character. But not an MCU character. Huh. That's crazy. But also, the Baymax and the Big Hero 6 that we know from the movie is not really what it is in the comic. They're completely separate. But that's to say, Baymax is probably one of the most lovable and huggable characters ever put to screen. And maybe I'm just hung up because I've been watching the animated series on Disney+. Plus. But there mm-hmm. is nothing wrong with Baymax. If he hears anything, his immediate reaction is, are you in pain and can I help you? His mindset yeah. is to help. And even when he gets like all suited up from Hero, his immediate thought is, I don't see how this helps you. And Hero kind of deflects it because he's still in pain all over the loss of his brother. But he's like, this helps me, but also it helps people around us. So by extension, you're helping everyone else around. Um, Baymax just has a heart of gold. It's just, he to me, if only one person or one thing could ever lift Thor's hammer, it's Baymax from Big Hero 6. Yeah, absolutely. Even though technically he's not a person. But also, we've seen that hammer doesn't care. <laughs> also true. Um, Maybe Fred from Big Hero 6. <laughs> For the same reason as Bill and Ted, he's too stupid to realize... <laughs> I I think an argument could be possibly made for um, the older brother. Yes, for Tadashi. Yeah. Well, except dead people can't lift hammers. I mean, correct, but you you get my point. Yes. He went out in a blaze of glory. Oh. Also, for those at home that aren't watching it, guys, seriously, if you like the Big Hero 6 movie, watch the animated series on Disney+. Plus. There's now two full seasons, and it's really, really good. Um, also, I just discovered that the main villain for season one is voiced by Sherlock's Moriarty. Really? So I was like, wait, that's Andrew Scott's voice. And I watched the credits, and I'm like, sure enough, it's Moriarty. Automatic win. <laughs> That's crazy. So, yeah, my big, that's it. It has to be Baymax because Baymax. Huh. Well, I'm glad we we were able to uh, have two, like, really solid ones to end on. I like that our list was very different. But also the same in some ways. Yeah, like we weren't, it wasn't like you were going, Iron Man should be able to lift the hammer, in which case I would have to find a new co-host. Heard. I'll, I'll keep that in mind in case I ever want to make a sudden jettison. <laughs> because also, if you said Iron Man was ready to lift a hammer, I'd like 
immediately call Tennessee police because I know you were abducted and that's like your time. <laughs> I've been abducted and I need to tip off someone that I've been kidnapped. Oh my gosh. That's it hilarious. would be like if I ever got kidnapped and I needed to tip people off, I'd immediately go, I loved and appreciated how Zack Snyder treated the universe in Batman versus Superman. I thought that was a brilliant design choice. Oh my gosh. I would know instantly something was wrong. Be like, I really like Superman's character arc. Oh no. Or, or if you said uh, Iron Man is Iron Man three is your favorite movie of all time. Or if I thought, or if I said, yeah, I think the best character in the Star Wars movies is Ray. Oh. No, even then, my captors would probably be like, okay, he's trying to signal something. Just execute him now. Because <laughs> no one says that. No one does. Right, or my, no, my number one tip-off would be, I think Benedict Cumberbatch is overrated. Oh, I mean, there's a chance, but... Or I think Oscar Isaac's overrated. In which case, send help. Oh, no, actually, nope. I found one and I'll end this and then we'll send it home. My number one, if ever I got kidnapped and I needed to send a message that I've been kidnapped is, I think I've seen enough Ewan McGregor in my life. Oh, no, I know something's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) Because we need more Ewan McGregor because I don't think Obi-Wan could, but I think Ewan McGregor could, mm, nope, never mind, never mind. Ewan McGregor couldn't lift the hammer. Um, But what do you guys think? Who are some movie characters that you think theoretically in a hypothetical world could lift the hammer of Thor? Let us know in the comments below. We always like hearing from you guys. And as always, if you like what you hear and you want to hear more, subscribe to us on whatever audio platform you're listening to us on, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or YouTube. And as always, subscribe to us on YouTube at Uncharted Media. Stay sharp, movie guys and gals.